Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. Today, Bill Brooks chats with former DC Comics writer Meredith Finch about her recent creations. And remember, if you enjoy this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Creatively Christian. I'm your host, Bill Brooks, bringing you another Creative Christian. It is my pleasure to introduce today's guest. Uh, Today's guest has written for DC Comics, such properties as Wonder Woman, Catwoman, Xena, the Warrior Princess. Uh, Her most recent book is The Book of Ruth. It is my pleasure to introduce you, Meredith Finch. Hi, everybody. Hello, Meredith. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I love no, the no, no, no. Of the show. Oh no! Thank you. Uh, so, uh, full disclosure, uh, Meredith and I have a uh, we have a mutual friend, right? Uh, Jimmy Reyes. Yes. Is Meredith Finch's husband's inker, who was Meredith Finch's husband? You may ask. David Finch. If you know anything about comic books, uh, David has been drawing. Is there anyone who ha- he hasn't drawn? Is an easier question to ask, probably. If he hasn't drawn it in a comic, he's probably done it as a commission somewhere. So right. So David has worked for the big boys. Has worked for Marvel Comics. Has worked for DC Comics. Is currently working for DC, DC Comics. Also used to work for Top Cow. He's been drawing comics for the last twenty-five years. Um, he also uh, designed a stained glass window. Is that correct? That is correct for our church. Yes. Yeah, for the prayer room. Awesome. Uh, so, um, does that have any? Does that have the Hulk or any <laughs> any characters from Ascension? No, in it? no. It's 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 actual people. Um, he did it. Uh, I think it was around Easter time when they were unveiling it. So, it the, the scene is actually Jesus on the center panel in the garden of Gethsemane praying the night before he was crucified. And then we have people like 20th century people around the exterior of the, of the window praying as well. I think there's three panels across. Awesome. Cool. So, so let's inform people about Meredith Finch. Uh, So, these questions are going to be in the inform category. We have four categories. We're going to inform, we're going to inspire, we're going to empower, and then we're going to educate. So I'll do my best. Do you feel a responsibility to adapt the Bible correctly uh, during your work uh, in works like uh, the book of Ruth? I very much did. Um, I think anytime you're taking you know, a, a story or scripture, really, that's been passed down for thousands of years, and that is so important to so many people. And also, I think when you're using something that you hope will be a tool to inspire other people to maybe find faith or, or rediscover their faith, um, it's very important that it be respectful of the source material. And so um, throughout the time, every 
I was working on Ruth, before I sat down to do any work on it, I always started with a prayer. I um, always had all of the writing that I'd done for the book vetted with my priest, who also happens to be a very good personal family friend. Um, and, uh, and then I just kind of hoped that God would inspire me to do it in a way that, that people would enjoy and be inspired by. And it, I think it was successful. It seems like I haven't yeah. had a negative review yet. <laughs> well, I, uh, I was very impressed by many things. So we'll get to that later. So uh, the Book of Ruth, your version of the Book of Ruth, we'll just call it Meredith's Book of Ruth <laughs> instead of the Book of Ruth uh, for confusions, uh, for not to be confused. So yeah. you set your Book of Ruth in the 1930s in America during the depression. Right. Uh, what was your need? Why do you, th do you think that that was necessary to do that? I think sometimes one of the things that prevents people from using the Bible as a source or, or a tool for, for their own faith and inspiration is that it can sometimes feel dated. And especially if you're a new Bible reader, you, you, the idea being that I don't really, those are people who lived so long ago and their lives have no relevance to mine. They're so different. And I wanted to show that these stories, the spirit of the story transcends time and, and, and generations. And part of picking the depression for that book was, part of my research for Ruth was learning that that story is broken into four chapters for, for a really specific reason. There's, huh. a, a, there's prosperity and then there's famine. And I think actually famine, then prosperity, then famine, and then prosperity. And that wow. piece of prosperity also being the birth of um, David's line. Right. So I wanted to find a period in history that really reflected that, that, as well that that those times of famine and then prosperity and then famine and prosperity and the depression era worked out beautifully because prior to the, the end like the end of the 1800s you had the dust bowl in texas which was where we ended up setting that book and then you had the roaring 20s followed by the great depression and and then you know people found some prosperity uh. after that so it really i want to give it divine intervention as the the source for that i just when right I feel like when God put that story into my heart to tell, it very clearly came with the idea of being during the depression. There was never another time period that I even considered. Wow. <clears throat> awesome. So I, when I read about the, uh, the Kingsman Redeemer, often when I, I, I've read, I've read the book of Ruth many times and there are, things in there that I don't understand even after reading it after it being explained to me many times like the kinsman redeemer for example and uh you explain that I don't want to give anything away but if if you've read the actual book of Ruth <laughs> um there are things you're going to learn when you read uh Meredith's book of Ruth so uh can you explain a little bit about that how uh Kinsman Redeemer bought, helped uh, Naomi and Ruth not to have to sell the farm. Sure. I mean, 
in the traditional Book of Ruth story, the and in Jewish culture and history, the the idea was that if somebody um, a male in a line died, then somebody within that family, the the closest kinsman, had a responsibility to um, basically marry and then give up their own life or their own name to ensure that their the kinsman or the, the the person who died their name continued on and so in the story of ruth when boaz marries ruth and gives there's an idea that he's giving up something of himself to allow um eli melek's line to continue and it's, it is a difficult concept to, to explain and I think for us to understand. So I, I, I tried to just show in my own version that there's, that he took it as a responsibility to, to take care. I mean, basically that's what it is. It's a, it's a responsibility to take care of, of the people left behind in in a more direct and specific way than, and in a way that you're giving something up of yourself to do it as opposed to like, and then again, this is one of those like God's blessings that in, in fact, it ends up being a blessing as opposed to, and I think this is often the case with God that you think you're giving something up, but in fact, what you're doing is is opening yourself up. Wow. To God giving you more of a blessing than yeah. what you could. I say this, I've been saying this a lot this month, God giving you infinitely more than you could have asked or imagined. Like those words are constantly on my lips lately. <laughs> awesome. So also uh, there's, so in the original book of Ruth, there's a scene on the, the threshing floor where uh, Obed's cloak is, uh, you know, there are cultural significance, I'm sure that uh, we in the 21st century do not understand uh, regarding Obed's cloak being spread over uh, Ruth's feet. So uh, I was expecting something like that, but th there was actually actually I, uh, a, a little bit less. <laughs> I he just shared his coat is all, yeah. is all he did. <laughs> well, I really tried to do it again. There, there are some, some, some culturally, culturally significant things that happened within the original story. But I didn't want, I wanted to look at what the intention of that was and how could I convey that in a way that made sense to somebody in 2019 or 2020 when we were promoting the book or writing the book and, and when the book came out. And because in the original story, Naomi encourages Ruth to, to go and find Boaz who is drunk because they've been celebrating the end of the, the harvest and basically put herself in a compromising position. Uh -huh. And I, there's a, there is that in my story in the sense of Naomi encouraging Ruth to, to put herself forward and, and, and to see Boaz. But I, I, I felt like sometimes something that gets lost is that Ruth, I feel like was very much a woman of integrity. And I wanted to make sure that that, that was very clear in, in the book that I was writing. Um, and, and I think I, there, is, there does have to be a little bit of a balance between what 
what somebody would do today or have done in the 19th, the, the, the 19th century versus, sorry, the 20th century versus what would have happened thousands of years ago. So I'd, there are definitely times where I tweak the story a little bit to make right. it, I, I think, more relevant and more understandable. And so in that situation, um, when Ruth gets hit upon by another gentleman who, who is intimidating her, the symbol, the symbolism and the important symbolism I felt was, you know, Boaz putting his cloak over her in the original story um, is a symbol of I'm going to take care of you. And, and so we did the same thing in a slightly different way in our story where he puts his, his coat around her shoulders and, that, and that's the moment where he proposes and says, I want to take care of you. Something we can all relate to in, yes. this, in this day. Yes. So uh, let's talk about your other independent books. Uh, I see a theme, uh, The Book of Ruth, Fantasties, yes. Rose, The Light Princess. Yes. Uh, let's talk about some of those things. Let's talk about the, the Fantasties. Uh, what was the Fantasties originally, or the origin of the Fantasties? Well, both Fantasties and Light Princess were stories that I was approached by Cave Pictures Publishing to write. And they were um, a brand new publisher inspired to create, I'm gonna use the wording I think from their website, uh, a modern, a place for modern myth making. The, a place to, to explore the one true myth is what they would say. And, and they had said, would you like to do this story, The Light Princess by George MacDonald, who I had never heard of. <coughs> and then I learned that Fantasties and George MacDonald was a huge influence on one of my favorite writers, C.S. Lewis. And in fact, C.S. Lewis credits George MacDonald as baptizing his imagination wow. with the book Fantasties. So uh, once I started reading some of George MacDonald's um, sermons and letters and books I just I fell in love because he I, I understood why C.S. Lewis loved him he I find him to be very accessible which not I would say maybe not all Christian writers are but there's when somebody really writes from the heart and with an honesty that I find it very inspirational and and motivating for myself and so so yeah that was that was the the I mean, the start of me working with for Light Princess and Fantasties. Now, Fantasties has not come out yet, and oh, because of the, I mean, it's been announced. It's not a secret. Okay. Um, but it's because of the the book actually got stopped when um, COVID hit, and all the companies stopped distributing, and and money kind of for a lot of small publishers, money ran out. So that book, I think they've got some plans for what they're gonna to do to sort of move it along and bring it out. But you can get The Light Princess from your local comic book shop and you can also get it on Webtoons. I believe it's in a trade paperback form now. So, awesome. Uh, so uh, let's talk about Rose. So Rose is another female femme fatale. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your inspire inspiration for Rose? That one was definitely I grew up reading fantasy fiction um, and that one was definitely my love letter to fantasy fiction. And I, I don't think I was subtle about the homage I paid in that book to C.S. Lewis and the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe Narnia series. Mm -hmm. um, 
I wrote, I've written comics for Marvel and for DC and for, for other bigger publishers like Dynamite. At the end of the day, I think, as I was starting to think about the idea for the Book of Ruth was, was sort of running around in my mind. I started realizing that I maybe am not necessarily a superhero comic writer. There, there are limitations um, in writing a superhero that that prevented me from me being able to explore the kinds of ideas and, and to the extent that I wanted to explore them. And I, I felt like I, I wanted to be able to provide people with a, a faith-based or spiritually inspiring stories um, and I feel like that's the direction that God was really pushing me in. And it did start with, with Rose and I ended up working on Rose because I, I honestly couldn't get work from anybody else. I had finished with Wonder Woman, I had finished with Catwoman and I just, I pitched a few stories, but it just, there wasn't, wasn't feeling like there was a place for me in the industry. Uh -huh. And I kind of was like, well, why am I sitting here waiting, for, waiting for somebody to give me permission to do what it is I want to do? And I am in a unique position within the industry because David is very successful. And so I could fund my own book over a long period of time, which is what I did. I hired an artist out of Brazil, Iguara, who was fantastic. And then we just worked on it and it took the time it took. And then it just sort of paid for itself once it got published. Um, but I feel like there's a reason I wasn't able to get that work because there's a direction that I'm supposed to be taking in terms of my storytelling and I want I want people to be able to read books that that expose them to God and his love and all that he wants to give us I, I feel like sometimes God gets hidden by religion I wanted to take that aspect out of it and and share with people the personal relationship that it's possible to have so uh, when you were writing for Wonder Woman or for Xena, uh, did you sneak any spiritual nuggets into those stories? I think in all of the stories, you know, my, my writing has certainly been a journey. And in all of the stories that you read of mine, there is an overarching theme of love. What It's an exploration of love in, in its various forms and, and it's it's outward expressions. And I think if you read my Wonder Woman book, you'll see it there. Um, you'll see it in the form of, in Xena, in, in forms of friendship. There, it's always, it's always something that I'm trying to explore. Rose came from a place of, of loss of a friend and, and, a, and a tragic accident is sort of what started me on the path for Rose. And so all of those ways of, of exploring love and, and the way it's expressed in our own lives tend, you'll see that in my writing. And I think, again, I feel like I've been guided down a path toward the place where I'm supposed to be. And you can't just get to the, you can't just start at the top of the hill. You have to sort of work your way up there to understand what the point is of being there at the top. So if that makes right. sense. Yeah. All right, so these questions are from the Inspire category. What prompted you to write the story of Ruth? 
I really do feel like that was something that God put in my heart. I had been teaching Sunday school at my church and looking for ways to inspire the kids and, and looking at, at, at different books. And as I was looking through things, I kind of, I feel badly saying this, but I kind of feel like Christian comics get shortchanged on the artwork sometimes. Like there's some really great ones out there. Um, Billy Tucci has a Child is Born comic that he did, which is beautiful. Right. There, there yes. are beautiful things out there, but a lot of stuff that gets sort of put out there for the mass market, a lot of Christian publishers don't have the money or don't have the, the knowledge to pay for for artwork that is inspiring. And I think sometimes, mm. maybe because I live with a comic book artist, for me, first and foremost, like I was David's wife before I was a, a comic book writer. And yes. art, I, even I understand as I'm looking through comic books, before I read comic books, I understood, I wanna read this, I don't wanna read this, because this is visually appealing and this isn't. And you can't take a medium that is so visually driven and uh -huh. make it visually appealing. So uh, I think that was a huge part of why we went, um, I decided to do Ruth as a comic and why we went with the look that we did. Like, I, I feel like it's, it could be a comic for a kid, but it's much more a mature feel. It's like a, a much more classic comic than sort of what you would, fine for for kids but that really I think is what started it that inspiration of looking for things from for the kids in my Sunday school and, and trying to make it exciting and, and something that you want to explore and learn so about. do you think the top tier artists are are scared to make Christian fiction or Christian books because they want to make money and actually take care of their families. And so they're going to write something that, or draw something that is actually going to make the money. I think there is a big factor in that, that comic book publisher who's working um, for a Christian company does not have the money to pay the kind of rates that a, a Marvel or a DC would pay. I think there's also uh, a little bit of, concern or worry about being stigmatized i i think uh, there's still a hesitancy um to be to be bold and right. out there uh with your faith because comics can be a very liberal medium um and a very worldly medium so um it's a balance and i think a lot of of Christian comic book creators really struggle um, wanting to, to have the freedom to be more out there, to do more um, projects that are um, expressive of their faith, but not, but afraid of, because it's a, it's a job to job, like it, not a lot of them are on contract. It's a job to job basis. You don't want to alienate the person who, who pays your bill, yep. pays the mortgage. So yep. a lot of times faith-based projects tend to be, you know, 
creator owned things and 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 side projects as opposed to to paying the bill. So what inspires you in life, Meredith Finch? What inspires you in your projects and what inspires you personally? Sure. I, I feel like all of my writing comes from a means of me trying to explore and understand and come to terms with my own personal feelings or events that I've struggled with in my life. Um, so when I was writing Wonder Woman, that story is about Wonder Woman wearing a lot of different hats, being um, the queen of the Amazons and member of the Justice League and Superman's girlfriend. And, and, and she was just feeling, I felt like if I had all of these things she was doing, I would feel overwhelmed. And wait a second, as a mom and working and yeah. like, I was feeling overwhelmed. And so that story is very much about dealing with, with being pulled in a lot of different directions and never feeling like you can ever give one part of your life 100%. Um, when, when I was writing Rose, as I mentioned earlier, I, my, my best friend at the time had had a very tragic accident and broken her neck. And I was trying to deal with all of my feelings as she was going through, you know, facing the rest of her life as a quadriplegic and, and wow. the struggles that she was going with through emotionally and, and trying to support her and be there for her. That's where that story came from that. And that idea of, of, of rebirth and resurrection and, 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 and love, like what is, when everything happens, what is the most important thing, the most important aspect for all of us to keep in mind? Like what's this, what, what saves us always? Um, and similarly for Ruth, that book is about, I feel like Naomi, but I aspire to be Ruth, if that makes sense, in my own faith. I feel like I'm constantly questioning and trying to do it on my own and and Ruth has that like just pure, like just faith. I just accept that. I know that God's got this. I know that it's going to be okay. And, and, and so that book is about when I'm right, when I was writing Naomi, I was writing myself struggling. And when I was writing Ruth, I was like, this is what I want. This is, it's, it's an example of what I, I felt like is the ideal place that we're, we, we strive to get to in our faith. Um, and I, similar, the book I'm working on now is another exploration of a different type of faith journey that I've gone through over the past year, so. Ah, and what are you writing now? <clears throat> well, I'm working with Colin, the same gentleman that we did the Book of Ruth with. And, but I'm not doing a female character, so I'll say that. Ah, I see. That's all I can say though, right ah. now. But uh. I people who are like, what, you only write strong female leads? I'm like, no, I can do a male lead, so. This won't be airing until January, so you can tell me now. And I, I don't even know if we'll be ready to, we're just starting, like, I think he's drawing page four and five, so we're, okay. we're not ready to, to put it out in the world yet, but we will definitely kickstart it like we did. All right, so. Well, let us know, we'll put I you will. on again. Maybe we'll just have to watch our stream on Monday nights on David Finch's YouTube channel. For yes. A nicely put plug. Nicely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, okay, let's educate. Let's do the education section. What do you know now that you did not know before you wrote the Book of Ruth? That from a faith-based point of view, that when we think we're doing something for God, what's actually happening is he's doing something for us. Yep. And I found that over and over and over again in writing the book of Ruth. I would get to the, I, you know, you're doing, I'm like, look at what I'm doing for you, for you, Lord. I'm like, I'm working so hard and I'm trying to create this beautiful thing. And then he would show me, look at what I'm doing for you. And, huh. and I would feel humbled always at what a blessing that was for me over the journey uh, of writing and publishing and kickstarting that book. Awesome. So also, what did you not know when you first started writing comics? I did not know how to not be a perfectionist. <laughs> and have you learned that? <laughs> when you're writing comics, especially for a company like DC, you, you, could, you can't polish the apple enough but eventually you have to turn it in. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think that it was actually a really good trial by fire because the script is due. And at some point you just have to say, I've done the best job I can up to the here. And then you have to let it go and yep. you have to move on. And I think that's very helpful for me now to just say, it, it, this is okay. And, yep. and, and put it out because people have, people will always take something out of it that you didn't even realize you were putting into it. So I, I think that, that it's such a great medium in that way that when you just, exp as long as you are honest and true, I think in your writing, uh -huh. somebody will always take something out of that and, and there'll be a positive experience. Yeah, I, I too am an artist. So I understand the perfectionism and we're all flawed beings. So how are we supposed to make something that's not flawed. And there's actually beauty in the flaws. That's, that's uh, I think that's something that God made into us. Maybe, maybe God made us flawed for that reason. I exactly, yeah. Can't answer uh, until I get there. And I'll, I'll ask him that's- I have so many the, questions for yes, that. <laughs> one of the first few questions I'm gonna ask him is why am I so flawed? <laughs> why do you still love me? Yeah, that um, one right there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what is the biggest tip-off that someone is a new comic writer? Mm. They focus on <clears throat> how the story is going to start. I have this great idea for a story. Yeah. They don't understand what the point of the story is. Uh-huh. Because I think if you're going to tell a story, what's, what's the journey? Otherwise, why am I telling it? A, a story is not about a cool car crash and, and then so-and-so does this. Those are, those are details. They're, they're dressing for a story. But I think a lot of new comic book writers don't understand that the story is what is the journey that your character's taking. And then all, everything else that happens is just details in a painting, but you have to have the paint, the picture drawn. You have to, or the skeleton, you have to know 
you know, what, what you're going to, what's the point, why somebody should read this. And I think that that is where, like when I see, read scripts from, from people who are more novice writers, um, that's what I notice most of all, I'll be like, I didn't get anything out of that story. It, it didn't feel like your, your character didn't grow. Hmm. Grow your characters. Know where they're starting and how they're going to get, like, how they're going to get here to the end point. Right. Yeah. How that's different. All right, let's talk about empowerment. Let's empower some listeners. <laughs> what are your suggestions to creatives who want to write spiritual books in co or comics? I think we just heard it. Have, a, have an arc to your story. Know your point. And right from your heart, right from your own life experiences. You don't have to write it ex exactly or specifically, but think about a time when you had a strong emotion and, and how you felt in that time. And, and maybe, maybe you were depressed and now you're not. And, but at the time you were depressed, you didn't understand how you would ever get out of that. And, and now you're at a different level and you were actually able to find your way through. That's a story. Write that story for your character. It can be in a different setting. It can have different events, that, but write that emotional arc for a character because those honest stories about how people feel are, are what makes a reader connect. People can tell, I think readers are very smart and they can spot insincerity in a heartbeat and and they just won't you won't draw them in you won't engage hmm. and when did you first start owning your gift for god <clears throat> hmm. i would say with with rose when i started working on on rose i think it's definitely been a journey but Throughout the whole process of working on Rose, I think one of the things I prayed was, um, Lord, help me help this book to be successful enough for me to provide me with a means of furthering your will for me mm -hmm. and what you've done for me in my life. Right. And it was because of that. And it's funny because when I got the email to work on The Light Princess, it was almost word for word a prayer that I had prayed. Wow. And at that point, even Dave was like, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> so, you know, he, when he, when you need God to be obvious and he knows yeah. you need him to be obvious, he will put it in neon letters for you. Wow. Fantastic. So what are some checks to ensure that your books are in line with God's plan? I think in, in terms of whenever I'm working on things like this now, I, I pray about it a lot. I, I read my Bible a lot when I'm doing things. And I think there are ways in your life that God shows you that he's happy with what you're doing, if that makes sense. Um, huh. For me, I, I always call them little blessings like, Yesterday I stopped for a cup of tea and sometimes the tea is good and 
Sometimes it's not so good, but I was like, I really needed a good cup of tea. And I took a sip and it was like exactly what I needed. I was like, thank you, Lord, for this good cup of tea. Like it just was perfect. I think there, we don't always see all the ways that God loves us and, and reaffirms his love for us and his, that he's pleased with us. And so I think it's important to be open to that. But I also think when you're trying to do things for him that, that he understands, like you were saying, that we're not perfect. And yeah. I think a lot of times what I pray is I'm not perfect, but take my mistakes and make them use them for your own glory. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. I'm going to make mistakes, but I know that you have the ability to take that mistake and make something beautiful out of it. So I think as long as you go into something like writing, a, like for myself, writing a gift, a book for or adapting a biblical story. I think as long as I go in with a, an open heart and a sincere spirit, then I have faith that God will will use me and inspire me and move me in the way that He feels appropriate. Amen. All right, Mary, finish. Let's pray. We're going to pray for your efforts. Uh, let's just go to God in prayer. Thank you. Father God, thank you for allowing Meredith to be available for us. And we thank you for her desire to use your word and her talent. Uh, we pray for her ministry, her comics ministry, and the, the next biblical project that she's working on. Father, it's an honor for her to be here. We thank you for your blessings. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so Amen. much. Amen. Meredith Finch, Book of Ruth is available now at www.cavepicturespublishing.com, available for digital download, and you can also go to your uh, local comic store in order to get that ordered for you. Yes. This has been Bill Brooks for Creatively Christian. Join us next week when we bring you another Creative Christian. May God's grace be with you. Thanks so much for listening today. To see our show notes where we put resources mentioned in the episode, please head to theophanymedia.com forward slash Finch. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Bill Brooks, and Lynn Baber. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Our music is by Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer. To join our paid membership, the Creatively Christian Club, which includes exclusive content, networking events, and masterminds with expert creatives, just go to club.theophanymedia.com. Have a blessed day, and keep on creating for our Lord.